Today's New Testament scripture reading is Acts 23. Paul looked directly at the Sanhedrin and said, Brothers, I have conducted myself before God in all good conscience to this day. At this, the high priest Ananias ordered those standing near Paul to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. You sit here to judge me according to the law, yet you yourself violate the law by commanding that I be struck. But those standing nearby said, How dare you insult the high priest of God? Brothers, Paul replied, I was not aware that he was the high priest. For it is written, Do not speak evil about the ruler of your people. Then Paul, knowing that some of them were Sadducees and others Pharisees, called out in the Sanhedrin, Brothers, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee. It is because of my hope in the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial. As soon as he had said this, a dispute broke out between the Pharisees and Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. For the Sadducees say that there is neither a resurrection, nor angels, nor spirits, but the Pharisees acknowledge them all. A great clamor arose, and some scribes from the party of the Pharisees got up and contended sharply, We find nothing wrong with this man. What if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him? The dispute grew so violent that the commander was afraid they would tear Paul to pieces. He ordered the soldiers to go down and remove him by force and bring him into the barracks. The following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, Take courage. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so also you must testify in Rome. When daylight came, the Jews formed a conspiracy and bound themselves with an oath not to eat or drink until they had killed Paul. More than 40 of them were involved in this plot. They went to the chief priests and elders and said, We have bound ourselves with a solemn oath not to eat anything until we have killed Paul. Now then, you and the Sanhedrin petition the commander to bring him down to you on the pretext of examining his case more carefully. We are ready to kill him on the way. But when the son of Paul's sister heard about the plot, he went into the barracks and told Paul. Then Paul called one of the centurions and said, Take this young man to the commander. He has something to tell him. So the centurion took him to the commander and said, Paul the prisoner sent and asked me to bring this young man to you. He has something to tell you. The commander took the young man by the hand, drew him aside, and asked, What do you need to tell me? He answered, The Jews have agreed to ask you to bring Paul to the Sanhedrin tomorrow on the pretext of acquiring more information about him. Do not let them persuade you, because more than 40 men are waiting to ambush him. They have bound themselves with an oath not to eat or drink until they have killed him. They are ready now, awaiting your consent. So the commander dismissed the young man and instructed him, Do not tell anyone that you have reported this to me. Then he called two of his centurions and said, Prepare two hundred soldiers, seventy horsemen, and two hundred spearmen to go to Caesarea in the third hour of the night. Provide mounts for Paul, and take him safely to Governor Felix. And he wrote the following letter. Claudius Lysias, to His Excellency Governor Felix, greetings. This man was seized by the Jews, and they were about to kill him when I came with my troops to rescue him. For I had learned that he is a Roman citizen. And since I wanted to understand their charges against him, I brought him down to their Sanhedrin. I found that the accusation involved questions about their own law, but there was no charge worthy of death or imprisonment. When I was informed there was a plot against the man, I sent him to you at once. I also instructed his accusers to present their case against him before you. So the soldiers followed their orders and brought Paul by night 
to Antipatris. The next day they returned to the barracks and let the horsemen go on with him. When the horsemen arrived in Caesarea, they delivered the letter to the governor and presented Paul to him. The governor read the letter and asked what province Paul was from. Learning that he was from Cilicia, he said, I will hear your case when your accusers arrive. Then he ordered that Paul be kept under guard in Herod's praetorium. This is God's word. Let's tie some threads together as we jump into Acts 23 today. Paul was in Jerusalem. He went there to deliver the offering collected by the Gentile churches for the Jewish believers struggling in poverty. But before he got there, he was told repeatedly that he would face persecution, be bound and handed over to human authorities. Also before he went there, he sent a letter to the Romans expressing his desire to come to see them after his visit to Jerusalem. At the end of Acts 22, which we read in the previous devotional, Paul gave his personal testimony before the crowd that had rioted due to his presence in the temple. The crowd settled down and listened until Paul spoke of his commission to take the gospel to the Gentiles. At that point, the crowd called for his execution. That was chapter 22, verse 22. The Roman soldiers who had arrested him back in chapter 21 prepared to interrogate him, which would have begun by whipping him. That's chapter 22, verse 24. Paul asserted his rights as a Roman citizen back in 25b through 29. At that point, the Roman commander arranged for Paul to meet with the Jewish religious ruling council called the Sanhedrin. That's Acts 22, verse 30. That's where we find Paul today in Acts 23. As Paul addressed the Sanhedrin, his speech did not begin well, according to verses 1 through 5. So he used his knowledge about the doctrinal conflicts between the Pharisees and Sadducees to create a division within the Sanhedrin. We read that in verses 6 through 9. The Roman authorities took Paul back into protective custody in verse 10, where the Lord revealed to him that he would be going to Rome to testify for Christ. We saw that in verse 11. Although it is not spelled out directly, I think this is where we learn why Paul went to Jerusalem, despite many prophecies he received about his imprisonment there. Paul had told the Romans in the book of Romans that his desire was to come and see them. That's Romans 15, verses 23 through 33. At the end of that section in Romans, Paul asked the believers in Rome to pray for him. Note the specifics of his request. Pray that I may be kept safe from the unbelievers in Judea, so that I may come to you with joy by God's will, and in your company be refreshed. Again, that's in the book of Romans, chapter 15, verses 31 and 32. In Acts 22, Paul asserted his rights as a Roman citizen to protect his health and his life. And as we'll see, he later used those rights as a Roman citizen to appeal to Caesar. Appealing to Caesar required a trip to Rome, so Paul used the prophesied persecution, plus his rights as a Roman citizen, to gain free passage to Rome, where he could eventually meet with the church there and prepare for his next missionary journey. Luke recorded all of this so that we would see how the gospel eventually infiltrated the entire Roman world. But we can learn a lesson by example from Paul's craftiness in this passage. He was willing to use whatever resources available to him, doctrinal division in the Sanhedrin, his Roman citizenship, whatever, to reach the goals that he had set for the spread of the gospel and the glory of God. There was nothing dishonest or unethical in what Paul did. He used wisdom to make the most of the situation in front of him. 
His purpose was to glorify God, but he did not wait around passively for God to work. Instead, he asked for believers to pray for his safety, then did what he could to wisely move toward the godly goal that he had set. Do we do this? Or do we use the excuse of waiting on God to do nothing? Or do we use whatever is at our disposal to attempt things for God while asking for his blessing and his protection? What kind of godly goals have you set for this year? How are you doing on those goals? And are you using the tools at your disposal to move toward those goals? Paul was a goal setter. And we should follow his example and set godly goals for our lives as well. So think about that today. Think about ways in which you can set some goals to serve the Lord. And I'll see you next time. If you found this devotional helpful, please subscribe in your email to receive it if you don't already by going to dailypbj.com slash subscribe. I'm looking for some monthly financial supporters to help me. There are many expenses and a lot of time that go into these videos. And if you can help with any of that, go to dailypbj.com support. I'm looking for regular monthly support, not just one-time gifts. So please consider that. And also, if you found this devotional helpful, maybe you know another believer who would also find it helpful. So share it, and I'll see you next time. God bless you. Hope you have a great day.